I think we can all agree that there's something different that people do that become successful. Uh, there is specific habits uh, that they apply and that they stick to that produces these results. We're not going to see the same routine being followed by a person who is building you know, the next electrical automobile company or the next person who's coming up with solutions for the water crisis or the electrical crisis or uh, the food supply crisis. These are people who are willing to discipline themselves in an enormous way and absorb a lot of self-discipline with the objective to achieve a goal. Now setting a goal is easy. A lot of us do this uh, after December because we are filled with that guilt and we've let ourselves go a little bit and we form what is called New Year's resolutions. And the New Year's resolutions, we stay committed to that for the first two weeks of January. We want to lose weight, we go to the gym. And that's why you see there's a peak in gym subscriptions during those particular months, January, February. But then, slightly to the end of that quarter, March, April, you see that line dipping again. Because now we've become slightly convinced that it's going to take more than just having a gym membership to lose weight. We're going to have to change our routine. We're going to have to change what we eat. We're going to have to adopt much more stricter lifestyle choices. And these are the things that we've become so accustomed to, even though they harm us, that we don't want to change. And so for people who want to be successful, two things need to change. Your habits need to change. Your routines need to change. If those things don't change, we have a harder time of becoming successful. Habits and routines are learned behavior. These are things that we picked up from other people. Now, these can either be positive or negative. We really need to measure the impact on ourselves to determine whether or not this is a good habit or a bad habit. Getting up in the morning and taking a 20-minute walk would be a good habit. Because that has fundamental benefits to your health. And it adds also to the further improve the lifestyle choices to increase your health. But getting up in the morning, eating a big meal and then going to bed, or staying up late at night and drinking alcohol and filling your mind with negative thoughts is perhaps not one of the best ways to address one's physical health. And these are also behaviors that we saw from others, we picked up from others, we observed from others. So it is interesting that when we look at our own lives from a sober assessment, that is 90% of the things that we have control over that we can change. And that 90% makes all the difference. What changes the needle from probability to possibility? is always the 90%. And the 90% is what you put in. The 10% chance comes as a consequence of your commitment. The athlete trains 
for months and months and months just to be tested for a 90 second race. And so we have to start really changing how we view ourselves, the conversations that we have with ourselves and really understand what are the triggers. What are the things that are making us adopt and hold on to bad behavior? What are the roots of those deeply scarred emotions? Because we are all people healing. We are all people that are recovering from setbacks, um, from disappointment. We are human. But it starts becoming better because we are much more candid about our situation. And we're not willing to hide it anymore. What is the cost of being vulnerable? I mean, society has shown that it doesn't appreciate vulnerability. When was the last time that you picked up the phone and spoke to one of your family members about what you were going through and how you were feeling? Especially if you are the person who often is the strongest one in the family. I mean, people who are categorized under that group always has it the worst because where do you go when you have your down moments where do you go when you are frustrated who do you call when you are doubtful about you know the next step and we are all human so we all are going to experience this type of uh you know plus and minuses it is very disingenuous and it's an indictment on ourselves as human beings that are profoundly more intelligent than people, you know, um, give us chance to be. But we're just applying our intelligence in the wrong way. And we, instead of build each other up, and there's many of us who do, who do invest greatly in that process of, of building each other up, whether that's the friendship, um, supportive networks. But unfortunately, there's also a great deal of the community that feels that they can get by by placing somebody else down by denying somebody else an opportunity, by suppressing somebody else's voice. And that for me is problematic in many ways because it says to me that we are refusing to acknowledge that within us is also a, sim a similar need to exist, to be safe, to be fulfilled, to be affirmed, to be valued. Now, if I'm being protective over the same thing that you being protective over, we have that in common. Which means we cannot view ourselves as enemies. But in the workplace, in business, we always have this competitive mindset in terms of what it is that we need to acquire. Somebody's either going to get the big contract or other person's not going to get the big contract. We don't look for opportunities to collaborate. And I think that is greatly unfortunate that we don't look for opportunities to collaborate furthermore I believe that embedded in somebody's fulfillment should be how we can bring people closer together interlock people become a bridge to allow people to heal from the hurt that they've either caused or that the hurt that they've experienced It's very, very interesting that psychologists assess the human brain as being very attractive to routine. In other words, anything 
that interrupts routine, the brain tends to resist. So we formed very dangerous routines and habits over the last thousand years that we've been on this planet. We've accumulated more things than what we need. And the things that we accumulate should be used. That's the purpose of why it was created. But instead of using that, we're using people. And if the cost of consumption is going to drive us further away from achieving that goal, which is inclusive and an equal society, then we must ask ourselves, what are the input costs that are driving those things? Because there's certain things that you are doing as a person that are bringing about your reality. And that is the things that we need to change, is that inner assessment to ask ourselves better question. Why would a rational person think like that? Why would a rational person do that? Why is these things continuously happening with me? What is it about myself that are attracting these type of situations? Where are the things in my life, within my control that I can change? Taking back agency is all about that. It's about self-realization to say, I'm going to start treating myself better. I'm going to start feeding myself better food. And the food that you feed yourself is ultimately what will define you. We are what we eat. So if you feed yourself negativity, you're going to feed on that. If you feed yourself failure and uh, insubordination and not mindfulness of self, you're going to live off that. We can all agree that fundamentally we all aspire to become the best version of ourselves. And we can do that by simply doing the basics. Waking up in the morning and being proud that you have been granted a new day, that you've been given a new chance, a new lease on life, that even though yesterday was rough, even though yesterday was terrible, today you can really reconcile and make up for whatever you could not achieve the day before. But we struggle to achieve that space, that creative space in that zone because we hold on to yesterday. We keep reminding ourselves what didn't work yesterday. We keep telling ourselves how we could have changed certain things. And that's ludicrous because whatever happened yesterday is in the past. If you celebrate birthdays, then you are celebrating many yesterdays. In fact, once the day is closed, you have to let it go. Whatever you couldn't have, you couldn't do or couldn't get done is out of your reach. The only thing that remains in your power now is what happens next. And so, I'm of the belief that a big part of our frustration is holding on to things that we can't change. And I'm also guilty of that, where certain things has happened, which I hold myself accountable for. And you have to become a little bit more noble about yourself and not think that much, that big about yourself, because you're human too. It's unfair for one person to have all this amount of responsibility and never be able to breathe. So allow yourself to breathe. After all, 
you live of oxygen and the lack of which you will die so a lot of us die physically and spiritually and nobody notices it because it's a silent process where we become less and less engaged less and less of ourselves we bring forth to the world very important is to allow ourselves to breathe so as i said in the beginning many of the habits we formed and routines we formed is learned behavior so we've learned a great deal over the world from others some of which is good and some of which is not so good now the practical study of our lives and the determination of how quickly we can unlearn those things will ultimately determine whether or not we're going to change the trajectory and in a way change the outcome of our lives growing up in an environment where i never saw an example or an exhibit of bravery of strength from men going through things and being willing to be vulnerable what i did see is a suppression of that emotion is a denial of that emotion and for me i always wondered why there was such a big problem um from a behavioral perspective why men in my area or my community exerted such violent behavior not just towards others but more towards themselves because in order for you to abuse anything you have to think very little about yourself because those who harm themselves often think very little about themselves so growing up in the house observing somebody whom i respected and admired very greatly which was my dad i saw firsthand what happens if you deny yourself that opportunity of expression of vulnerability and how quickly you can fall into that spiral where regardless of what steps you take you're going to end up in the same place regardless of how hard you work on your mental capability but because your physical body have become so stuck in this perpetual habit of hanging out with the same friends having the same conversations with the same people and speaking to yourself in a way that is not really positive and so i made very different choices and the choices i made was to ensure that if i don't have natural access to people who can positively motivate me or inspire me i must be able to create that ecosystem myself so it's not always going to be possible for people to encourage you it's not always going to be possible for people to motivate you 
In fact, if you expect that, it's a ludicrous expectation. It's an unrealistic expectation. But there is things that you can do, small things that you can do to reinforce that positivity. Gratitude is one of them, ensuring that you are in service of others, and catching yourself shifting between positive and negative. Becoming an observer, rather than somebody who is consciousness and who is conscious about living and having and being, become an observer. Live as somebody who's watching yourself live. And I believe that that's a very powerful, very powerful skill. To step outside of your ego and your conscious mind and tell yourself, hold on. Is this the best way I can address this thing? Is this by far the best way to apply my training, my knowledge, the information that I have? Am I seeing the full picture? Or am I only seeing half of it? And by following that process, you will create much more engaged relationships, much more engaged networks, and you'll transform your own life. It's not easy to live in a world where we have to accept that there's fundamental differences between people's lived experiences. There's people who have unlimited resources and there's people who don't. There's people who have an abundant amount of opportunities and there's people who don't. But what we can do is manage ourselves. If we become better managers of self, by far we have created the best opportunity for a life of fulfillment. And a life of fulfillment is not always going to be representative or reflective of this world. It's not always going to be in agreement with this world. So do not hang yourself up because you've had to let go of certain friends. You've had to uh, separate from certain realities. It's never crowded at the extra mile. And if you are willing to put in the extra, extra time, extra preparation, extra focus, you are going to create a life that you never thought you could have. And look around you and see how precious this gift is called life. And don't let anybody persuade you into being somebody that you're not. Don't let anybody persuade you into being less than who you are. If you want to be yourself, and if you know how to be yourself, be unapologetic about that. Because people who don't know themselves would like to and always look at other people who do with a great deal of envy. Life is always going to change. The only thing we can do is to adapt to that change and build a far greater appreciation for change.